it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. If you're listening to Investing for Beginners, then you probably care about money and learning how to make a good relationship with your finances. Everyone's Talking Money is hosted by money wellness expert and certified financial planner, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money. Hear about the money topics you need to know, such as ways to train your brain to reach money goals, why you should ditch your budget and start tracking your cash, and everything you need to know about paying off student loans. Simple steps to start investing as a side hustle, ways to invest in rental real estate, how to overcome money trauma, and so much more. With over 900 episodes, there's a show for any and every money question you have. I'm a big fan of Shauna's as well. She has a relatable style and soothing voice that takes some of the stress surrounding money. Shauna really speaks to the listener and never ends in an episode without actionable tips. I recently listened to the episode, Stop Stressing Over Your Money, a simple budgeting solution, where she talks about her simple, easy one, two, three system for budgeting. It helped me a lot. Are you ready to learn everything about money that no one has taught you? Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 46. Andrew and I are going to continue talking about episode 47. Andrew and I are going to continue talking about back to the basics. Today, we're going to follow up on, we finished last week talking about compound interest, uh, dollar cost averaging, and we're going to talk a little bit more about dividends today. Of course, that's Andrew's favorite thing to talk about. And we'll also talk a little bit about buy and buy low and sell high. So without any further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Andrew to get our chat started, and we'll just go from there. Cool. So dividends. Yes. Let me get started. <laughs> because we're looking at the backbones of it. We're looking at, you know, we talked about the anatomy of stocks and, and what shares represent. So what are dividends and how do they relate and why are they powerful for us? Dividends are pieces of earnings that companies are going to pay out to shareholders. It's, in my opinion, which is, you know, it's debatable because a lot of people kind of look past this, but I see investments as the whole point of having an investment is to receive an income. When you buy an investment, you are taking on a certain amount of financial risk. 
There's a chance that you could lose all of your capital. You know, there's a chance you could be giving your money to Bernie Madoff and he's running off with it. There's a chance that you're putting money into a business that decides to light it on fire and goes bankrupt after a couple of years. It's a lot of risks that are involved, but that's where the reward comes in is you're getting, you're going to get paid for those risks back to you. And so in my opinion, the most reliable source of that would be interest and income. And so we see that with loans and we talked about that a bit. We were discussing all the different types of investments that are out there besides the stock market. It gets lost on, on investors. And I, and I really think that they need to take a step back and really consider why, why would you even hold a piece of a company? Sure, you can be like a buy and hold type person who is going to buy low, sell high, or, or you know, kind of like a, I don't want to say like a shark tank investor because they don't necessarily do that, but maybe angel investor would be the right word where you're investing capital with the hopes of either the company going IPO or being acquired by a bigger company and essentially being able to cash out. And that difference between what you invested at the start of the life of the company versus what the buyout is, is the profits. But, you know, if, if you're not somebody who's kind of taking that sort of a path when it comes to owning a business or buying a business, then really what the whole point of having ownership of a business is to be getting those earnings and that profit and that cash flow paid back to you. So, I mean, you know, think about the, the everyday mom and pop guy, the guy who owns a pizza store. He's, you can, you can probably bet yourself that when he, he has a good year, he's either putting some of that, you know, putting a good amount of money of that back into his company, maybe trying to market and, and make the company grow like that. But I'm sure he's also taking vacations and rewarding himself for all the hard work and, and everything that his business was able to provide for him with all this extra money. So as investors and part business owners ourselves, we should, expect that for ourselves, And that's exactly what a company on Wall Street, these public corporations, that's what they're doing. They are taking their abundance of earnings and that overflow and they're giving it back to the owners. And obviously that's really beneficial for everybody involved. A lot of times the employees of, of big corporations will own ownership stakes themselves. So this is a nice way to get paid back for your hard work, a nice way to get bonuses and a nice way to create wealth over the long term. So obviously that's one reason why why companies pay dividends. It's a great incentive structure. It's a great way to give employees that that sense of ownership and, and really motivate them to provide the kind of performance that, that will really make the best financial results for the company as a whole. Another reason why corporations will pay a dividend is because they want to attract shareholders. And obviously when you attract shareholders, we talked about this in in one of the previous back to the basics episodes, when the demand exceeds the supply, when more people want to buy the stock than want to sell it, it's going to push the stock price up. And so when you pay an attractive dividend, you're going to attract a lot of investors who are looking for that yield, looking for that return and that capital, and it will inevitably drive the stock price up. Unfortunately, you know, like I always like to bemoan, it's uh, there's a lot more focus, and especially during a, a bull market and a bubble, there seems to be a lot of focus on trying to 
kind of flip your flip properties, so to say, or, or buy and sell and, and not so much focus on, on trying to get income. And, and there's a stereotype that it's just for retirees, but I always like to argue that the big thing that we can rely on and the best way to reliably and consistently grow your wealth is, is to receive these dividends, receive this income, reinvest it. And that's really how you'll, you'll compound your wealth. So we touched on that briefly last week as well, how buying a dividend, buying a portfolio of dividend stocks, having those dividend stocks pay you dividends and then reinvesting those dividends that you receive, it can branch out like a, like a big oak tree or like a family tree or like a reverse pyramid. Like, like Dave eloquently said, it it really just multiplies your money in, in a very fast way. And so that's really the power of dividend stocks. And what's fantastic about it is that in contrast to like maybe buying a mom and pop pizza store or, you know, some other sort of small business that may or may not, it may or may not be easy to analyze. All of these dividend stocks are required by the SEC to post their financial results, post their financial metrics, and everybody's able to see in a very transparent way, how is the business performing? How has it performed over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years? What's the trend look like? How are they spending money? How are they bringing in money? How much money are they reinvesting and and spending on R&D? All these things are available for us. And so if we can just use some basic math and use some, some intuition, we can look at these stocks and make good decisions. And like I said last week, put ourselves in the right on the right side of the odds, so to say, you know, get ourselves in situations where over the long term we are more likely to win rather than lose. And over a long enough time period, that's, that's going to happen. And so obviously the next step to that, once you talk about having a long term holding period and making sure that that's a primary focus. And then obviously on top of diversification, dollar cost averaging and getting compound interest through your dividend stocks, well, then the next logical thing is to also let's get the odds in our favor when it comes to actually picking the right stocks. So now we have all these different automatic systems kind of working in place. And when you multiply that through enough positions over enough time with enough capital, then you're tipping the scales in your favor. Now you're like, you're like the casino rather than the gambler. And so that's everything we're trying to do. And in the big picture, that's what's going to win. It's not going to be because you had special insight. You're able to pick one stock. It's not going to be because you got the timing absolutely perfect. It's not going to be any of those things. It's going to be because we're going to tip the scales in our favor and we're going to do what we're going to believe in business. We're going to believe it's going to continue to do what it's always done. And that's why I say words like reliable, consistent, and you know, it's, it's fundamental stuff and and that's why we can get excited and that's why it's important to learn all of it so we can apply it and move forward and so a big step to doing that is getting the odds in your favor by being able to identify what numbers are good and what they mean and so that's kind of what I want to talk about for today budgeting was always a challenge for me i struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money 
not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Let's be honest here. Your sex life is important. It helps us feel more confident and boosts our happiness. But sometimes we struggle to perform, our life gets in the way. This is where hymns can help. With their convenient and discreet online platform, you can get help for your erectile dysfunction from the comfort and privacy of your own home. No more waiting rooms, no more awkward conversations, just a simple, direct path to treatment that works around your life, not interrupts it. Invest in your health today. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor visits. Answer a series of questions on their site, and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free, no insurance is needed. If ED is getting you down, it's time you join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash investing. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash investing for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash investing. 
Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety and effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. I uh, I really like the uh, the way you talk about dividends and the passion and the excitement that you get about them. It, it uh, always gets me really excited about them. You know, dividends are such a great way to compound your wealth. I think that's the, the, the best way to think about them. And when a company pays out the dividends to us, that's their way of saying thank you for investing in our company. And like Andrew was talking about, they are such an awesome way of the company using that tool to try to attract investors. And, you know, when we're looking at investing in a company, dividend paybacks are a great way of us being rewarded for investing in that company. And, you know, the percentage that they pay you over the years, even if the company is not doing well uh, in the stock market, let's say that the financials are still great, but let's say the price is taking a beating because maybe that sector is not doing well, you're still going to be earning that 2 to 3 to 4% on that investment during that time period, which you can't always say with other investments. And I think that is another aspect of dividends that's not really talked a lot about. And I love that you, uh, bring, that you brought that up because that's actually the best time to be reinvesting your dividends, right? When, mm-hmm. when the company's doing great, they're paying you a fat dividend and the stock market's hating the stock. Now you're able to pick up even more shares. And so when that recovery turns around, it, it just multiplies your returns even that much more. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, and one of the things that we talk a lot about, the, the you know, the impact that compounding can have on your wealth, you know, I want to use Warren Buffett a little bit here. So the net worth of, of Warren Buffett right now, I believe he's worth about $58 billion, give or take, somewhere in that range. So, you know, he's obviously fabulously wealthy and he's the best investor of our generation, arguably of all time. And... The thing is, though, that when he was younger, he wasn't this fabulously wealthy. And so just to kind of throw some numbers at you, when he was 35 years old, he was worth $7 million, which, you know, obviously is not chump change. It's nothing to sneeze at, but compared to $58 billion, it's it's chump change. So then we skip up to 43 years, and he's worth $34 million. Then we skip up to 56. Now he's worth $1.4 billion. Now we skip up to 83 and he's worth $58 billion. So when you look at a chart of that, and I will put that in the show notes uh, so you guys can see that, this is what compounding can do, and this is what dividends can do. Because and the reason why I bring that up is Warren Buffett's company, Berkshire Hathaway, does not pay a dividend. And he has his own reasons for that, and we've talked about this in the past. But the thing is, is that the majority of his portfolio that he's investing in is companies that pay a dividend, American Express. Wells Fargo, Walmart, those are the, the, the big three for him and they all pay a dividend and they all, you know, he compounds that dividend and that's where the power of dividends can really, really start to take place. And this is the power of, of what Andrew and I are talking about is by using the compounding of that additional money that you're going to be getting from the income that you're going to be getting from that company. And I agree 100% with what Andrew's talking about. When you buy a company, you're looking for income from that company. You know, you're only as wealthy as if you buy a company, let's say, you know, Fiat Chrysler, which is a great company that make cars. 
it's done really, really well with the last three or four years. Let's say you buy that company. You're only as wealthy as when you sell that company. So if the stock goes from $6 to $16, you're going to make a lot of money if you put a lot of money into it. But you know what? It's not reinvesting. It's not compounding. It's not doing anything but sitting there. And so you're only as wealthy as when you sell that company. But with dividends, you're continually getting income that could be reinvested in the company and keep growing that. And when you grow that income, you're going to get more dividends. And so it's just, you know, we talked a little bit about that last week. To me, it's a little bit like an ethical pyramid scheme. It's something that's going to continue to just keep giving you, you know, greater and greater wealth. And there's just so many great opportunities that you can get from dividends. And, you know, Andrew has a lot of great things to say about dividends and rightly, rightly so. They're a fantastic way to grow your wealth. Hey, you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. Yeah, and I love how you mentioned that how the compounding isn't really happening for price appreciation. And you just take one look at the stock market and you can see, I mean, how depressing to like have four years of growth and then have a bear market come and, and see it all be wiped away. And it's like the company, the stock price needs to start compounding and, and just start over. Whereas... Yeah, I mean that's going to happen. That's inevitable. But at least if you're collecting dividends along the way, like you said, you're you're getting more share. You're getting you're picking up more shares, whether that's partial shares or full shares. You're getting a bigger ownership slice of that company, and your capital base is growing. And so, in the long run, the difference between that and not having a portfolio of dividend stocks can really be significant, especially the farther and farther out you go. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, you know, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, investing in companies that, so like what kind of dividend companies would you be looking for? So what's great about it is, you know, no discrimination here. We're going to look at dividend stocks in the same way we look at regular stocks, the same way that Warren Buffett likes to pick stocks, the same way guys like Peter Lynch and Benjamin Graham, these investing legends who we've mentioned before on the podcast in the archives it's the same way that we always want to look at a stock and it's again because of the way that the stock market is constructed and the way that price moves and and the relation between price and value and that's how we're going to pick our stocks and we're going to put again tip the scales in our favor so the best way to do that is to buy low and sell high basically other than being like a catchy catchphrase that we always hear about and everybody likes to say, but the, the definitions of that are always so varied. The, the most basic concept that I can think of, and I'll, I'll try to make it kind of simple, but let's say, again, we're business owners, so we're, we're going to buy a business right now. So let's say we look down the street and around the corner is a Chipotle and across the street from that is a McDonald's. Yes, I know they used to be the same companies. Now they're two different companies. Let's say the Chipotle is bringing in a thousand dollars. I'm going to make the number small so it's simple. Let's say they're bringing in a thousand dollars a year, and the McDonald's is only bringing two hundred fifty dollars a year. So you're looking down the street and you're seeing a line go all the way back for Chipotle. People are just throwing their money in there, and McDonald's is just kind of slow and steady, not necessarily bringing in that much money. You might think, well, we should buy the Chipotle and not buy the McDonald's if we're going to buy a business. But 
if the Chipotle, if you can buy the Chipotle business for $50,000, but you only have to spend like $2,500 to buy the McDonald's, well, then you're going to want to buy the McDonald's because you're essentially buying low. The price of that, you know, the Chipotle is only making four times more money than the McDonald's is, but it's being priced. If you want to buy that company outright, you're paying, I don't know, I guess I didn't make the math nice and neat there, but you're paying like 20 times more or something like that. So even though the McDonald's is making less, it's more of a value because of the way that the, that the, whoever's selling it is pricing it. In the same token, it doesn't need to necessarily be the relation like just because it's 2500 versus 50000 means that we should go for McDonald's. McDonald's could be making, you know, add a couple zeros to that. The McDonald's could be making $2,500 and be selling at $25,000 where the Chipotle is only making a hundred but selling at $5,000. i am just, again, I'm just removing a zero and adding a zero. But even in that case, McDonald's is still cheaper because you're getting more profits and more earnings in relation to how much you're paying. So when we talk about buy low, sell high, that's essentially what we're talking about. And the easiest way to use a ratio like that would be the price to earnings ratio. We've done a whole episode on that. So you can check that out uh, in the archives. But when you talk about buy low, sell high, at the end of the day, it's not just one ratio. You're not looking at just earnings and just what the market's pricing to that. You're going to look at all the different aspects. You want to look at the whole financial statement. You want to see the the complete picture of how a business is performing, how much cash they're keeping. You know, is are they liquid? Are they able to have enough to be able to survive a downturn? Are do they have strong assets? Are they growing those assets? Are those assets productive in the in the in the earnings and profit generating sense? These, you know, do they have enough revenue? These are all things that you you want to try to start to think about and and start to analyze and when you master that then you're basically giving yourself a tool to be able to pick stocks and do that for the rest of your life so you know you could start out and maybe stumble around a little bit learn a couple concepts here and there your first year of investing and then maybe your second or third year you you start to see similarities and and you start to really understand what what the numbers mean by the time you're at year five or year 10, you could be picking stocks in your sleep. And, and this is something that you can take with you for the rest of your life. I mean, like we've said, it's not about buying one stock. It's about creating a habit and consistently investing money and putting that into the market through something like dollar cost averaging. So if we, if you can start to understand, number one, the different ways that people try to buy low and sell high. Number two, like what are the best people who have historically buy low and sell high and, and create a lot of wealth in the stock market? How, how do they define buy low and sell high? And then number three, how can you define buy low and sell high so that you understand it, so that you feel confident in it and, and so that you can apply it and actually get results and actually stick it through and actually incorporate that system with all the other systems we've talked about. And so really that's 
we try to do that in a big way. And obviously, I've, I've had the luxury of having more time to be able to research all the different things. But what it really boils down to is finding a margin of safety and basically figuring out what a company's intrinsic value is, what that means, and buying a stock that's cheaper than what it's really worth. Exactly. That is right on the mark. That's exactly what we're trying to do. And as a value investor, that's our job number one. And, you know, when we're talking about buying stocks, you have to think about the company in question in front of you. And you can't get excited about the market and how heated it may be or how downtrodden it may be. You have to take each piece of the pie individually and look at it for what it is and compare it to itself. You can't you can't necessarily look at seven different companies in the same sector and go, this one's lower than this one comparatively. You have to look at it on its own merits. And when Andrew and I talk about the different metrics and the financials, that's really what we're talking about is we're talking about dissecting each individual company and looking at it as its own entity and thinking about it as it functions by itself. Now, the price is going to be determined by the market, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what it's worth. And we talked a lot about this. The value of what you pay is not worth what necessarily the price is. And so when we're talking about a margin of safety or we're looking at intrinsic value, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to peel away all the hype and all the glamour and all the glitz and glam that may be going on about a particular company and trying to decide if that's what it's actually worth. And when you look at Chipotle, which Andrew was talking about earlier, you know, is it really worth the price that it's being, you know, marked at right now in the market? That's, you know, without diving into the financials, I can't just say surfacely, I don't know. You know, you have to dig into it and look at it. You know, it's expensive per share, it, you know, comparatively to other things that you may be interested in, but that's what you, you can't fall into that trap. You can't look at Johnson and Johnson and compare that to Apple because they're not the same company. You have to look at Johnson and Johnson as its own entity and decide whether you think that's overvalued or undervalued and then decide if that's what you want to buy into at that time. And you can't get too wrapped up into all the things that are going on around you. And the margin of safety is is so critical and the emphasis on the safety because, you know, we make mistakes. We're human. We, you know, get excited about things. You know, we fall in love with companies and, you know, it's imperative to our saving of our capital because we work hard for our money. We all do. And we don't want to lose it based on making a decision based on, you know, because it's shiny and we want to buy it just because we want to buy it because we like the name of it or we use the product all the time. Just because the product is something that we use all the time doesn't necessarily mean it would be a great investment. And I'll use Amazon as an example of that. You know, Andrew and I both are fans of using the product. I love Amazon. I bought a ton of stuff for Christmas with it. It works great. But would I use it as an investment? Probably not. And, you know, that's because when I look at the intrinsic value of it, it, to me, it's overpriced. It just is. And, you know, there's people out there who will disagree with me and that's their opinion and they're, they're entitled to it. 
But as a value investor, I'm looking to try to buy something at a discount. You know, think about buying a car. Think about buying a house. Think about buying socks. You know, Warren Buffett likes to say all the time that he likes to buy his stocks the same way he likes to buy his socks at a discount. You know, and that's how you make money in the stock market is by buying things that are cheaper than they're really worth and watching that grow and then having that dividend added to that, you know, bonus of what we're doing is just, you know, icing on the top of the cake. And that's really where it comes down to. And, you know, like Andrew was talking about earlier with the different gurus or people that we admire and look up to a large majority of them, they may not have companies that pay dividends, but they invest in companies that pay dividends. And, you know, I mentioned it earlier again, and I'll say it again, you know, the big three with Warren Buffett, they all pay a dividend and he bought them because of that Coca-Cola, Walmart, you know, Amazon, or I'm sorry, American Express and uh, Wells Fargo, they all pay a dividend. And a big reason why he's as wealthy as he is, is because of that simple fact. So those are just some things I'd like you to take away from this. Yeah. And I, if you want to see this visually, I did a whole thing on this with, with graphs and I really compared like the difference between buying a stock when you don't reinvest, when you do reinvest, when you do reinvest with dividends and all of this stuff we're talking about, um, obviously a lot to process and we understand that. And it's not something that you can't realistically expect to just listen to one podcast episode or even listen to a bunch of them and, and to be able to completely understand it. So kind of keeping that in mind and wanting to help people transition through that, we made, we're in the process and about to release a course called Investing for Beginners Masterclass. And we broke it down into 23 modules with everything we're talking about. So we start off like why you want to invest, how to set up an IRA, what's a stock, in-depth stuff on, on whether bonds, talk about interest rates, diversification, all that stuff. And then, of course, we get into the nitty-gritty with, with the metrics and talk about breaking down the financial statements, show you formulas and examples, and it's all video format. So... It's really a great way to dive in and I have that huge, I have a huge module on dividend stocks and, and I have those graphs that I just talked about and it's just really, I think it's a great tool and one of the reviews, I, I read one of the early iTunes reviews and someone had said, you know, Andrew and Dave should really make a course for this and it, it really brought a smile to my face and I'm happy to say that we're just wrapping up producing this and we're going to be releasing this very shortly and it's something i kind of alluded to several weeks or months ago and it's it's exciting to be able to be on this and, and be able to share it with the world and we're really hoping that it's the solution that can help you get from okay now i understand why how do i how do i take that next step and how can i find the right dividend stocks how can i buy low and sell high how can i be confident with that how can i analyze financial statements all that kind of stuff that's what we made the Investing for Beginners Masterclass for. Exactly. And a big reason why we did this is just to continue the teaching that we're trying to do with the podcast. You know, a big reason why we started this was to try to help people. And we saw a need out there to help people learn how to invest for themselves. You know, our schools don't do it. You know, the government doesn't do it. And money is really left up to each individual to learn. And it's such an important factor of our life. And it 
we need help. You know, people need help. And that's a big reason why we wanted to do this is we want to help people. And, you know, Andrew and I spent a lot of time on our own learning all this. And we want to help you guys learn and make this easier for you. And hopefully you can help your kids too someday with this. You know, this could be something that you could use to show your kids how this is how daddy or mommy, you know, got to where we are. And this is what, you know, I want to show you. And, you know, there just aren't a lot of tools out there to help people that are beginners. And and Andrew and I thought this would be a great way to kind of pass this along. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're all at all interested, it's going to be on the product page when it's released at investingforbeginners.com slash products. Um, if you're also on the email list, mailing list, I'm going to be sending out emails once it's released and obviously uh, talk about it like I like to talk about everything investing for beginners on the mailing list. So if you're not on there, that's stockmarketpdf.com. You can get on there and get my daily emails. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. I hope you enjoyed our discussion on buy low and sell high, as well as dividends, our favorite subject. So without any further ado, you guys go out there and find some great intrinsic value. Invest with a margin of safety. Hope you had a happy new year and welcome to 2018. You guys have a great week and we'll talk to you next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.